The Atlanta Braves currently don't have a prospect ranked in Baseball America's top 100, which is unfortunate, but I'm going to tell you who will be the player next year that will be on that list and who might be the top position player prospect in the Braves system right now that might surprise a lot of people in 2023. We're talking prospects on this episode of Locked On Braves, so let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves. Your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you follow my website at shortstopball.com, where you can see some of my writings and my other work as well. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOn underscore Braves. Subscribe to us on YouTube if you're new. Hit that thumbs up button if you're watching this video. Help support the show. And as always, thank you for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And this is our weekly minor league episode. We're going to be focusing strictly on the minor leagues. We'll have some other news as well from Braves Fan Fest over the weekend. Some news and that came out of that. We'll discuss that at the end of the episode. But want to get into our minor league spotlight for the week because really I've been listening to a lot of, of minor league talk and podcasts lately, Baseball America, MLB Pipeline. We're listening to all those, those, those podcasts. And, you know, it's really a bummer. The Braves system is so down right now. It's the, the Braves don't have a top 100 prospect in the Baseball America top 100 prospect list. Now, that does not mean there aren't going to be some very good players in this Braves farm system, as we've covered just about every week this offseason. There are some players in here that I think are going to surprise. I'm going to cover another one of those today. But according to Carlos Colazzo, who works at Baseball America, the Braves have had a top 100 prospect on every Baseball America top 100 list going back to 1990 until this year. So it's pretty significant. Now, look, nobody was expecting Michael Harris to graduate last year, Vaughn Grissom, who you know just graduated. And I don't know if Vaughn Grissom would have been a top 100. Michael Harris certainly would have been. And I think, you know, Spencer Strider would have been as well. But, you know, for where the Braves are, they need those players to win now. They're graduating them and they're playing well at the big league level. We've talked about it before. The Braves farm system is where it is because of some good reason because they've done a great job developing and getting these players to the big league level. And a lot of it also because of the international restrictions that they had for so many years that they're thankfully now out of, but it is pretty significant to point out and, you know, newsworthy even I think that the fact that the Braves don't have anybody on the top 100 prospect list. So, what I wanted to focus on here for just a minute, and I'd like to hear your comments in the chat and in the comment section as well on YouTube, is that who do you think is going to be the Braves prospect that will be on that top 100 list next year? Or do you think it's going to be two years in a row that the Braves don't have a top 100 prospect? 
honestly, I think it could be two years in a row that the Braves don't have one. Now, I think they have several candidates that could be on that list next year, but I don't know. I don't see a prospect right now that's a slam dunk going to be a top 100 prospect come next season or next year. If I had to guess right now, and if you heard the podcast that I did on A.J. smith Shaver, he would be my pick right now to be the Braves' lone representative on the top 100 prospect list next year on many outlets' top 100 prospect list. I think he has the biggest upside in the system, and hopefully we say full healthy year for him next year and he starts to put it together and become that top prospect that a lot of people – think he could be. I see Joseph recap saying Jared Schuster. And I thought about Jared Schuster. He just doesn't have that front of the line top stuff to make him a top 100 prospect, but he's at, he's at a higher level that he probably has a better chance of doing. So if he goes out, has another good year at Gwinnett full season at Gwinnett, I could see him perhaps joining the back of the top 100, you know, especially if he, he doesn't, get called up and doesn't play, you know, obviously if he doesn't throw more than 50 innings at the big league level, then I could see that uh, as Jared Schuster because he is at a higher level and he's had success there. So I think Jared Schuster could be a good call as somebody to get on the back half of the top 100 next year. But A.J. smith Shaver would be my pick. And then I see a double-A uh, 3403 say maybe Owen Murphy. That's who I was going to mention next. Either of the top two picks from last year, whether it be J.R. Ritchie or Owen Murphy, if they come out and have good years in 2023, just because they are top draft picks, so they're going to be, you know, have a little bit more hype than others in the system. If they go out and have a good season, either one of them, I could see one of them joining the top 100. That wouldn't be far-fetched to see either. Um, but again, there's no slam dunk for me right now to say who could jump into that top 100 next year. I think there are a couple, like we mentioned, Smith Shaver, Murphy, Richie, um, Joseph Recap mentioned Jared Schuster as well. I think those guys have a chance they could do it if they had big 2023 seasons, but still it would not be necessary, you know, would not necessarily be a slam dunk. Joe Me says Cole Phillips and Spencer Schwellenbach. Um, I, those are two guys I wanted to mention, but they're coming off injury. Uh, Spencer Schwellenbach for sure. I don't know what we'll get out of Cole Phillips in 2023. So who knows what they're going to look like coming back from injury, but those are two guys that I'm very excited about to see. Um, again, Cole Phillips would have been, I think maybe a top 20 guy in the draft this past draft. Had he not had surgery, Spencer Schwellenbach, obviously, Big arm as well as a two-way player at Nebraska, but I think they're going to turn him into a pitcher. So those are two guys that I'm very high on in the system, but just because they're coming off injury, be hard for me to see them, you know, pitching enough and and playing well enough to jump on a top 100 list. But I agree with you, Joe. Those are two prospects in the Brave system that, along with AJ Smith Shaver, I think have some of the biggest upside. Now my sleeper pick to join the top 100 we're actually going to talk about today. So I'm not going to do a deep dive on him just yet, but it's Ignacio Alvarez. And I'm starting to get a little bit of hype on him, listening to some of those other podcasts that I've mentioned that are talking about him and just watching him. I'm really getting excited for Ignacio Nacho Alvarez and his 
potential and what he could be in this brave system that is starved for position player prospects. I think he has a chance to really shoot up the system next year. So we're going to talk about him and several other top prospects next. The NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. Of course, I'm talking about FanDuel. And yes, they are the new official sponsor of Locked On. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers can join today. Get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. If you're going to use FanDuel, make sure you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on as it helps support the show when you do that. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook and partner of the NFL. All right, going to take a look at some of more prospect, doing some prospect profiles for the Atlanta Braves. I mentioned before the break, Ignacio Alvarez, and somebody that I am getting really excited about to the point where maybe it's a little bit too much excitement, but fifth-round pick, in this last draft, and nobody knew who he was. I mean, I was scrambling. I was writing for Tomahawk Take at the time. I'm scrambling to find information on this guy out of Riverside Community College. Nobody had him on their radar. And listening again to some of the podcasts here recently, nobody knew about this kid except for the Braves. And after watching him, I don't know how. And again, maybe I'm getting myself a little too pumped up for him, but he just looks like a hitter. He looks like somebody who is going to hit, hit for average. Will the power come along? I don't know. Uh, I think, you know, probably profiles more as a 15 to 20 home run bat, but somebody that, again, you just watch him in the box, you watch him control the plate, control the bat, and he just looks like a hitter. Six foot, 190 pounds. Um, just played one year at community college, so he doesn't turn 20 until this upcoming April. Right-handed hitter. They had him playing some shortstop, but he profiles more as a third baseman. Played some games in the FCL this past year, slash 279, 392, and 15 games with one home run, seven walks, six strikeouts, and four stolen bases, showing a little bit of speed as well. 15 games at single A, he slashed 294-493 with 19 walks to just nine strikeouts and four stolen bases. So you're seeing you know, great plate discipline. Yes, this is a lower levels, but it's a plate discipline we're not used to seeing at the minor league level, not even really the major league level for the Braves. So really love to see that from him and obviously to be able to hit for average as well. Great bat to ball skills. You look at his overall slash line this past year 287, 451 on base percentage, just a 394 slugging. Again, not sure about the power, but 26 walks to 15 strikeouts and 94 at bats is pretty incredible plate discipline. Again, small sample size at a, a very low level. I think 
you know, right now at least he's somebody who has more gap to gap power than home run power. But to me, if he, you know, if he's a 280, 290 hitter, 15 to 20 home runs and a 350 on base guy, I mean, I would love for the Braves to have that type of hitter in their lineup. And I think that's what Ignacio Alvarez can be. And apparently those who saw him play as well, you know, didn't get to watch a lot of him didn't get to see him make a lot of plays defensively, but those who did said that he looked really good with the glove. And again, he played some shortstop with Augusta, but most people believe he's going to move into a corner uh, infield spot, third base. So I think, you know, with Ignacio Alvarez, with the lack of positional depth in the system, he is somebody that I think could not only shoot up the Braves minor league rankings, but I think he has the ability to become a, a top 100 type of prospect. Now, again, a lot of that may depend on how the power comes because, you know, that plays a lot into projections and hype. But the guy, again, he just seems like a hitter. Watching him play, watching him swing, the guy just seems like he's going to hit. Like he has a very high hit tool. Um, so, again, I'm really excited about Ignacio Alvarez. I can't wait to see what he does next year. Perhaps somebody that can move through a little bit quickly with that mature approach at the plate and with those bat-to-ball skills. So somebody I'm very, very hype on. You want to buy some stock? I'd buy some stock in Ignacio Alvarez. All right, another prospect a lot of you had asked me about the profile was Victor Vodnik. So Victor Vodnik, right-handed pitcher, 14th-round pick in 2018 out of Rialto High School in California. Just six foot even, 200 pounds, 23 years old. Uh, in 2019 at single A, a 294 ERA, a 1173 whip in 67 and a third innings with 69 strikeouts, a 3.2 walk per nine and a 9.2 K per nine. Very solid, very big stuff. Then 2020 hit. And obviously, you know, didn't get to pitch in any games in 2020 because of COVID. Coming back in 2021, they tried him as a starter at double A, which a bit unfair, in my opinion. A guy who didn't, you know, wasn't really a starter in 2019. I think he started three games in 2019, missed all of 2020. They bring him in as a starter, made just 11 starts through just 30, 33 and two thirds innings, a 535 ERA, a 1.604 whip, 5.9 walk per nine. All of a sudden, the command is gone. Still had a high strikeout rate at 11 strikeouts per nine innings. Went to the Arizona Fall League because he missed a lot of time because of injury in 2021. Wasn't much better there. 5.70 ERA, 1.479 whip, and just 23 and two-thirds innings. 5.3 walk per nine, but a 9.5 K per nine. Again, strikeouts there. Big stuff for Victor Vodnik. In 2022, they moved him back to the bullpen full-time. Between AA and AAA, he had a 2.34 ERA, solid, but a 1.413 whip. And you look at his FIP numbers, his ex-FIP numbers, they all show that he was probably a little bit lucky uh, in 2022. 34 and two-thirds innings pitch, 47 strikeouts, 12.2K per nine. Again, all that's good, but a 4.9 walk per nine. So still struggling to find that command. But big-time stuff, upper 90s fastball, nice slider as well. Although in the games that I watched, seemed to not have a great feel for it. And because with the fastball, it wasn't one, again, at least in the games that I watched, it wasn't one where you feature, it wasn't a, a high fastball where you, you're raising the ladder on, on a hitter. It was more he was locating it 
down at the knees and still, you know, blowing hitters away, but it made it a lot easier for hitters to lay off that slider. If it, if it started at the knees or below hitters, a lot of times spit on it because that ball ended up in the dirt and it was pretty easy to see. But when he started at more middle of the plate, that's when he started to get a lot of swing and miss on a, on a low nineties slider with some good tight break on it. And again, you tunnel it off that fastball and it's a really effective pitch that upper nineties fastball. And then you drop in a low nineties slider with some good tight break on it. It can be very effective. It just needs to learn how to command that a little bit more, bring that slider up just a little bit more so that it looks fastball just a little bit longer. And he's going to get those swings and misses as he already does. Again, I just wanted to see that a little bit more consistently. It seemed like he struggled where he was starting that slider a lot. And a lot of hitters just kind of spit on it pretty easily, especially at the upper levels. They're going to lay off that pitch more often. He was passed up in the rule five draft, which I think, was a bit surprising, but probably tells you a lot with the struggles that he's had with the command and with health as well. Uh, missed a lot of games. Again, I think he's somebody that COVID, that 2020 year, like a lot of pitchers, really, really hurt him. The command just hasn't come back. He's been up and down with injuries, even this past year, missed time with injuries. So just somebody that hasn't been able to stay healthy. But if he can discover rediscover that command again if he can stay healthy i mean this is a guy who i think has an ability to become a high leverage reliever at the big league level and might have the most highest reliever upside in the braves system because of that big fastball because of that tight slider that he can tunnel off of it and he has a changeup as well that he can mix in so i still think you know there's the ability there for victor vodnik but you know, it's six foot, not the biggest frame already for somebody that's struggled with injuries throughout his professional career, but he's going to get a look at some point and he has the ability to be very successful as a reliever at the major league level. Just got to find that command, got to be able to stay healthy. And I think we can see him do some big things. Now, I wanted to cover a couple of more international signings real quick. Last week, we talked all about the international signings. There's a couple more I wanted to get to this week that we didn't have time for last week. The first one is Brendol Mesquita, a signee out of the Dominican Republic, 21 years old, outfielder, right-handed hitter. La- or in 2021 at the FCL level, slash 308, 402, 452 with three home runs, 15 stolen bases, 19 walks, 50 strikeouts a good amount of strikeouts at the fcl level then this past year at single a slash 281 371 so very solid numbers there 375 not a lot of power and you watch this kid in the box and he just he looks in such an athletic stance and it looks like there should be a lot of power in there but we've yet to really see him tap into that yet and he is you know 21 years old but we've yet to see him really tap into that power but a strong athletic frame and, you know, a good stance in the box. I just, I don't know why the power is not playing. And I I think that's something he's got to work on, especially, you know, with the big strikeout numbers, you can take that if, you know, a guy's giving you 20, 25 home runs a year, but, you know, 101 strikeouts last year and just three home runs, you know, does have some speed, 14 stolen bases. And again, 371 on base. So he's able to get on base, but, just too many strikeouts for not a lot of power. If you're going to be swinging like that, you got to see a little bit more power. And that's the one thing with 
uh, Brandall. We we got to see the power, tap into that power, and I think he'll be just fine. But again, uh, love the build, love the athleticism, but if you can improve that plate discipline, p- pitch recognition, and be able to square up those balls for some power, you know, even some some more gap power. But obviously, we'd love to see him get the ball over the fence a good bit more. You know, he could turn into a really really solid prospect. And then finally, Geraldo Quintero signed out of Venezuela, five foot eight, 155 pounds is what he's listed at, 21 years old, a switch hitter in 2021 at the GCL level, just 207, 312, 273 slash line in 40 games. But this past year, really a solid season for him at single A slash 261, 358, 423 with six home runs in 91 games. 48 walks to 69 strikeouts, so not bad there. Also had 26 stolen bases. Played 22 games at high A as well. Slash 238, 347, 363 with two homers, 10 walks, 22 strikeouts, and eight stolen bases. Again, in 22 games at high A. So to me, watch this kid play. You know, looks like a, a speedy second baseman. He's played second and third, but I think he ultimately ends up at second base. Some good hands, um, you know, as a switch hitter, especially from the left side. I really like the way that he was able to pull his hands in. I think he has sneaky power. I mean, uh, I read some other outlets that don't think the power that we saw this past year is going to be who he really is. But I like the swing from the left side, and he does hit righties much better. So, I, I don't a switch hitter. Uh, again, I think could have some sneaky pop, could probably, you know, hopefully reach 20 home run potential, good speed, gets on base, pretty good eye at the plate. So I think he's somebody that, you know, could turn into something. There's obviously a pretty good switch inning second baseman for the Braves already. I don't think he's Ozzie Albies, but maybe Ozzie Albies light, you know, could be a, a utility type of player, switch hitter that type of deal, but I really like Geraldo Quintero, what I've seen out of him, what I've watched. I think he could be a really solid, again, utility type player. If you know we can improve the exit velocities because those aren't great. He had a lot of batted ball luck this past year. Then I think he could turn into an everyday infielder, but if not, again, I think he kind of has a floor as a utility switch hitting player, uh, which has some value as well. So that does it for this week's minor league recap let me know your thoughts in the comment section below i uh, would love to hear some of your thoughts on these players and who you think will be on the top 100 list for the braves next offseason next we're going to get to some news that came out of fan fest over the weekend also get to some of your comments in the comment section we'll do that next So hopefully you were able to make it out to FanFest over the weekend. I did not. I uh, was at home with a kid with double ear infection. So if you got to go, I'm sure you had a lot more fun than me. Uh, but glad you got to go. It looked like a lot of fun. A couple of just quick news items that came out of FanFest. Ronald Acuna Jr., he is going back to play in the Venezuelan League uh, Finals. Uh, will be a DH, so that's exciting. Hopefully we'll get to see some more Ronald Acuna Jr. clips of him smashing Venezuelan league pitching. Why not the world baseball classic though? And he did comment on that at fan fest. He said, I have always said that I want to represent my country, but that's not a decision I can make the team, the medics and the staff will take care of that. So the obvious question is why do they let him play in the Venezuelan league, but not the world baseball classic? Well, it's two completely different things. One, the world baseball classic is taking place 
while spring training is supposed to be going on. And it's a lot more of a commitment than Acuna just flying out to his hometown, walking into the, the clubhouse and hitting in the DH spot. A lot more that goes into it when you're on a World Baseball Classic team. And again, it's during spring training. The Braves are supposed to be getting ready for their upcoming season. I'm sure the Braves want to keep a close eye on Acuna, manage his workload, and get him ready for the 2023 season. So still, I wish he'd play. I, I wish the Braves would let him play for Venezuela. I think it'll be a lot of fun, bring a lot more excitement to the World Baseball Classic, but I can understand why the Braves would, and I can understand the difference between letting him play in Venezuela and not letting him play in the World Baseball Classic. Some other Braves in the World Baseball Classic that we know of, Eddie Rosario and Joe Jimenez are scheduled to play for Puerto Rico. Chadwick Trump for the Netherlands. Simba there as well. Perhaps you know Simba looking to prove himself. Maybe he doesn't get a deal until after the World Baseball Classic. Would love to get Simba on a minor league deal to have some depth at shortstop, bring him in to spring training and help him groom uh, Vaughn Grissom. I would love to see that. Recently signed Kevin Pillar, who the Braves got on a minor league deal, will be playing for Team Israel. So those are the Braves players that we know will be competing in the World Baseball Classic. Some news from around the league. The Twins traded Luis Arise to Miami for Pablo Lopez, Jose Salas, and Myron Chiro. Um, know a lot of people that asked about or asked me about Luis Arise for the Braves. Never saw that as a great fit, not the type of hitter that the Braves, you know, are going after right now. More of just a, a contact, you know, high average type of hitter, high on base type of player, which is great, but you know, doesn't give you much else. And Braves obviously they're looking to build a lineup around power. So um you know, good deal for the Twins, I thought. They got Pablo Lopez out of this. They got a really solid prospect in Jose Salas. So I thought the Twins did a really good job on this deal. Alex Anthopoulos said that Von Grissom is going to be coming into spring training competing for the shortstop job. Will not see time in left field in spring training. Says there's enough options there already. Which is pretty much, you know, what I said on Friday's podcast, mailbag episode. He, I think he also mentioned later on, and apologize, I think this was David O'Brien who said this on Twitter, that you know if they wanted to move him to left field you know, later, that could be a possibility and something they look at. But in spring training, he's going to be competing for shortstop position. So I'm glad to hear that. As I said on Friday's podcast, the kid's 22. He's way too young and athletic to just give up on him being a shortstop. Let him try it out this year, see what kind of improvements he can make. If he can become the long-term option at shortstop, that's a huge deal for the Braves. So got to see what he can do there and see if Ron Washington can work some magic. And then Mike Soroka said he's having his first normal non-rehab offseason in three years. I'm getting super giddy and excited about Mike Soroka and hope that he comes into spring training just ready to go, can stay healthy, and looks like uh, the Mike Soroka that we know and love so that was some of the news out of fan fest again hope you were able to be there and enjoy it. it looked like a lot of fun i wish i could have been there hopefully maybe when the kids get a little bit older definitely want to make plans to be there for that uh just looking at the chat section real quick christopher shaffy says hope you had a great weekend what will be a better battle battle for who is the starting shortstop or fifth starter position one thing that also that David O'Brien mentioned on Twitter about the fifth starter uh, battle is that Mike Sroka and Ian Anderson will be living together during spring training. So that will be a very interesting and fun to watch. But I'm more concerned about the long-term future at shortstop for the Braves. So 
I don't know that that would necessarily be an interesting battle because I think we know what Orlando Arcia is at this point, but I think it might be the more important battle. Um, but uh, both of those are going to be very fascinating to watch. Uh, Joe Me says Nacho is the man. If you're uh, referring to Ignacio Alvarez, I'm very excited for him. Um, and Joe Me also said so much upside with Nacho. I love those mysterious mi mystery prospects. Makes the projection so much fun. It does. I mean, I can remember draft night and they announced him, and I am looking everywhere trying to find out information on this guy, and nobody had anything. It's in the fifth round. Um, so great scouting by the Braves. Uh, really excited about his 2023 season. Uh, Thomas Ponce says, where are we on Shoemake? I think he has any future with the Braves, let, let alone in the MLB. Uh, mentioned Shoemake a couple times. I've never been that high on him since the Braves drafted him. I think he could be a solid utility type player on the bench. Uh, it seems to have a, a solid glove, so it could be a solid you know glove off the bench, but I don't see him as an everyday player, but I think he could get a, a chance as a utility bench type player. Marianne Smith, I have not seen any of the young men you talked about. I really hope they will come out and one of them will be slamming. I hope so as well. Uh, again, a lot of these kids still very young. We don't have a lot of information on them, but that's where most of the Braves prospects are right now because they have graduated so many at the upper levels. You know, Vodnik's one that's been around for a while, but because he struggled with injury, we just haven't seen him on the field a lot joseph recap says how about david mccabe i'm gonna look at him as well he was somebody coming out of the draft that i was most excited about but watching a couple of games of his now i'm not as excited about mccabe but somebody that could have big power and perhaps be one of the best power bats in the system very soon joe me would love to see uh victor vodnik be a guy but seems to me as a guy who could make the show and be a guy that he is just not consistent or consistently healthy. And I think that's the biggest thing for him. Um, Double A says, could be the swing me mechanics for Mesquita. I, I thought the swing looked pretty good, but I think it's more just pitch recognition. I saw one game, he had a 3-1 count, and he swung at a, a, I think it was a changeup that was diving out of the zone. So I think it's more just pitch recognition for him, You know, not only because of the, the strikeouts, but just the swing and miss. Uh, Joe May, Jake, who do you see as a breakout minors guy? Maybe someone outside of the top 10 to 15 you see as a guy who could make the show and contribute. Um, you know, outside of the one we talked about today, obviously with Ignacio Alvarez, I mean, I don't know. It's really hard uh, to tell right now. We just, like I said, a lot of these players are so young. We just haven't been able to see much of anything on them, but I think, Alvarez is the one for me right now that I'm kind of hitching my wagon to is somebody that I think is going to surprise a lot of people and move up a lot of rankings. You know, he is outside of that top 10 for a lot of people. But, you know, I look at the the people on this list outside of that, the top 10, they're all, they're all really young. They're 18, 19, 20 year olds. So um, again, Alvarez is the one for me, if I had to pick one in that group and we already talked about him a bit today. So um, you know, and I like Quintero. I mean, I like these guys. I think they have the opportunity to be something. Uh, but again, just need to see a little bit more from them before can make a, a real, you know, good decision on what they're going to be. Um, but those are the ones for me right now. And I do like David McCabe. I still do like him, but 
I'm just not as hype on him as I was coming out of the draft. Um, Double A says, how about Rick Vaughn? Is that, I mean, Spencer Strider. Yeah, and that was some of the news out of Braves Fest as well that uh, Spencer Strider, I almost said Rick Vaughn, Spencer Strider changed his number to 99 because of his love for Rick Vaughn. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, Joe May, Jake, I keep telling you, Vaughn will be better than Jeremy Pena by season's end. I hope so. Um, I, the one thing I keep mentioning about Jerry, Jeremy Pena, he was 24 this year. He got some seasoning. He played college ball. So, again, for me, I don't if, – if Vaughn Grissom needs to go back to AAA to continue to work on things and to get better defensively so that he comes up, even if it's in 2024, and then he becomes the long-term solution, to me, it's so imperative for the Braves to find that long-term solution and at shortstop. And if Vaughn Grissom, Grissom can be that and he just needs a little bit more seasoning – then let him get that. Go sign a veteran and let him get that at the minor league level. And then, you know, if he proves himself ready later in the year or if he needs an entire season and and you wait till next year, then so be it. But uh, to me, they got to find that long-term answer at shortstop. You just can't go through a championship window like this and not have somebody dependable at the shortstop position, in my opinion. It's not the Braves can't win without that, but it's a very important position to not really know what you have there. A um, couple more here. Joseph Recap, David McKay from UNC Charlotte, that the Braves after that postseason. That's who we were talking about earlier. And big power at UNC Charlotte. Didn't necessarily see it. Uh, and again, a small sample size at a professional level. And just watching the swing, you can see where that power is going to come from. But I just, I didn't love the swing on a second, third watch. But again, I still think he might have some of the best power in the system when all is said and done. Joseph Recap, what is your thoughts on the Braves bringing Pilar in on a minor league deal? Talk about that last podcast. I think it's very solid depth as well. And Double A says, I agree about Grissom. I think RC can hold it down until he's ready. And that's the thing for me. Don't rush this kid up here just because, you know, you want to. And, uh, again, I think Grissom's a very, very, um, you know, good player. I think he's going to hit. I've said that. Um, you know, I think he's a very confident player, but don't ruin his development, you know, just to try to force him into the shortstop position. He's 22 years old. If he needs to go down and continue to develop so that he can be that long-term solution, don't rush him up here just because you want his bat. Look, he's going to be batting eighth or ninth. Anyway, this lineup is really deep when all is healthy, uh, Grissom's bad as good as it can be. I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference in the Braves winning or losing the division this year. So get him ready. Give him, you know, Ron Washington's work with him. Give him the tools that he needs to become a solid everyday shortstop defensively. You know, if that happens this year, great. But if he needs a whole year to to do it, then yeah, as Christopher Pope says, Arcia can handle the job, or you can go out and sign a Jose Iglesias or an Elvis Andrews or, you know, even an Andleton Simmons and just hold it down defensively and bat him ninth until Grissom hopefully proves he's ready. So that's kind of my goal with Grissom. Yeah, I want him to come out in spring training and, and show that he's grown so much defensively and take over that job. Um, but if he doesn't and he still shows that he needs work, don't just scrap it. The kid's 22. Send him down to the minors, let them continue to work on it and see if there's something there long-term. But for me, the Braves, 
got to figure out what the answer is at shortstop long-term. I hope it's Von Grissom. I think it can be Von Grissom, but don't just try to force it because you think he's the better bat. If RC can do a great job defensively or you go out and get a veteran and Grissom continues to work on it, so be it. But to me, it's so more important that he become you know, an above-average defender and because I think the bat's going to play, and I think that's just a better trajectory long-term for the Braves to, to have that and to figure that out as soon as they can. So, again, appreciate all the comments. Appreciate you, as always, for listening to Locked On Braves. Make sure that you go follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. Follow me at Shortstop Ball. Thanks for making us your first listen. Go make Locked On MLB Prospects your second listen. Lindsey Crosby, big Braves fan and an Auburn fan as well. War Eagle to Lindsey. Uh, make sure you go listen to his podcast talking about all the biggest stars of tomorrow. Again, uh, that will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Make sure you follow us at Locked On underscore Braves on Twitter. Make sure that you go rate, review, and subscribe to the Locked On Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 